0: Good morning, everybody. Pastor Steve here. Thank you for being with me. Today, we are beginning a reading of the gospel according to Luke in your New Testament. So we are in Luke chapter one. And if you've already read this chapter, hopefully you have, you realize it is a long chapter, uh, 80 verses. And one of the uh, learnings I've had in the four years we've been doing D groups is that I'm getting ready to redo our reading plan for the next few years is some of these long chapters, I'm going to break them into parts and maybe read them. We'll read them over two days or three days. So you won't have to read such a long chapter and you can focus on a smaller section, but Hey, that's next time. This time we have all of uh, chapter one. And what, uh, what spoke to me was the, the contrast, if you will, um, between Zacharias and Elizabeth, okay? Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and, and, uh, or not, and not Elizabeth, but Mary, okay? Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of, of Jesus, because the angel Gabriel appeared to each of them with a message from God, and Gabriel told Zacharias that, that he and his wife, who were older, and, he, and they were childless and had been praying for a child. God had heard their prayer, and they would have a baby, name him John, and he would become the, the forerunner, the, the, the expected prophet, who would prepare the way for the Messiah we know to be Jesus. And then a, Gabriel, that same angel, also appeared to this teenage girl who was engaged to be married to Joseph, And uh, told her that she's going to give birth to a child who will be the savior of the world. And she's to name him uh, Jesus. And and he explains to her that the Holy Spirit will come over you. and, 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 And so the child that you give birth to will be God's child, the son of God. But what struck me was the contrast in how these two persons, Zacharias and Mary, responded To the angel, for instance, Zacharias. If you look at verses eighteen to twenty, chapter one, verse eighteen, Zacharias, he said to the angel, "How will I know this for certain? For I am old; I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." He said, "You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is possible. That this is this is real. This is going to happen." Convince me. How how will I know for certain this is really, really true what you're saying? The angel in verse 19 answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you. In other words, God sent me to you and to bring to bring you this good news. And behold, could have said, but you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, Zacharias, until the day this baby is born, you will never be able to utter another word. You will be mute until your son is born. Why? The end of verse 20. Because you did not believe my words. So it wasn't that Zacharias wanted to know more about how this was going to happen. He needed convincing that it was going to happen. He didn't believe. Um, I mean, he'd been praying for it, but he didn't believe You ever, you ever pray for something and then when God answered you, wait well, minute, mean, what? It's amazing how many times we pray and don't really believe God's going to do anything. But anyway, that's a different message. Now, Mary, in contrast, uh, later in in, in in chapter 1, starting at verses 26 and following, the angel comes. And and she has a question, but it's not convince me. She says, all right, now, you know, I'm not married. I'm a virgin. How is God going to do this? She, she's not saying convince me, prove to me this is real and it will happen. She just wants to know more about the mechanics, the how. And so he explains the role of the Holy Spirit and so on. And then she finished this, this conversation Uh, In verse 38, by saying to Gabriel, Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord. I'm submitted to the Lord, the bondslave, the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. So what jumped out at me was Zacharias, this priest who was older, years of life and experience, Serving in the temple. that When Gabriel came and talked to him, he was actually inside the temple building burning the incense on behalf of the people. And he needed convincing. He, he didn't believe. And here's Mary, this teenage girl with very little life experience who believed. You see, I think sometimes experience... Well, we know experience is a blessing and experience can give great wisdom. Experience is a great teacher, probably the greatest teacher. But it is also true that experience and knowledge can become a hindrance. There's something to be said for the simple faith of a child. And there's sometimes a problem with an older person, someone who's lived a few decades and we know so much that you know, god you're going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. God, I'm not sure I believe you. God, you got to convince me. You got because we become too smart to have faith. Experience can become your enemy. It should be your teacher. Okay? But if we're not careful, age and experience can become the enemy of faith, not the friend of faith. The balance of wisdom that comes with living with the faith of a child, it's not always easy to to find that balance, but find that balance we must. We don't want to be naive like a teenager because of the lack of experience. But neither do we want to be too smart to actually believe the way some of us are once we've lived a few decades. I don't know where you are. You probably vacillate back and forth, but I would imagine most of you watching this video or listening to the podcast who've lived a few decades, you struggle because you tend to drift toward, I'm too smart to actually believe anymore. God, you got to convince me. And that. That's dangerous. Maybe you need to pull yourself back to having the faith of an innocent teenager like Mary. And that's the word for today. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow as we look at chapter two.